We're excited to be sponsored by Your Digital Future, a new talent agency specializing in digital training and recruitment. One of the challenges we see is that finding good marketers is hard. If you don't live and breathe digital marketing, then how do you know where to find these people? What do you ask them? And are they even any good? Your Digital Future takes that off your hands as an employer. Also, if you're looking for a job in marketing, they work with progressive candidate-focused brands nationally. So it's worth connecting with them, even if you're not looking for a new role right now. To find out more, visit yourdigitalfuture.co.uk. Welcome to More Than Digital Marketing, your podcast about digital marketing and so much more. So I'm Becky, your host today, and I've also got with me... Another host. Hello, I'm Jack, joining you as well. And I am Luke, who is also here. Wonderful. <laughs> Fantastic. We're all back. Um, it hasn't been the three of us for a little while, has it? No, it's been a good... Well, have, we did the first one this year, didn't we? Did we? Yeah, I think Sorry, so. Sorry, it's such a joy that, that, that just it just leaves my brain. No, it was me too, because I told everyone <laughs> oh, you that, were here? that I didn't watch Hamilton, and yeah, I still right. haven't watched it. I'm really sorry. Oh, yeah. Mm. Why not? Oh, I wasn't here. That's why. It's so well, you long. Were. No, because um, <laughs> because <laughs> Becky told me she hadn't watched Hamilton on the podcast that we did with Al. Was it me, you and Lucy then, the first one? Oh, this is so boring for everyone. <laughs> I'm so sorry that you've just had an insight into our personal chat. Um, okay, so um, how has everyone's weeks been? Crazy. Yeah, nuts. Yeah? Absolutely busy. nuts. Yeah, I think busy busy is probably the best way to describe it beyond crazy and just insanely busy. It's, busy in a nice way? Yeah, definitely. It's been it's been a really great January to be honest. I think after Christmas and the new year can you know, mm. you, you start the year in a bit of a funk like, oh, it's cold, it's dark, got loads to do, and then it's more than I've ever had to do probably in any other January. Did which is really great. On last week, so I know it was you and Lucy, Jack, wasn't it? Um, not trying to bring us back into who's been doing this. Um, but um, did you mention our resilience workshop? Uh, I didn't. I think because I was feeling so resilient that I didn't yes. need to bring it up. Um, yeah, I think it would just be worth telling everyone about what we experienced last week. So, um, one of our clients, Tortworks, um, which is a Devon Partnership Trust NHS service, um, they have just started to um, offer business workshops. So, ours was resilience in the workplace, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was a whole morning of um, learning, sharing with each other, practicing techniques. Um, and I think it was really good, to be honest. Yeah, there's so much to take away from that as well, because it wasn't only just, you know, instructors telling you something. Also learn so much from other people about sort of what they bring to their own sort of every days and the way that they face every day and the resilience things that they put into place to sort of yeah get through the day and lots of talk about gratitude and things like that which i thought was really really interesting and helpful from other members of the team it forced me to look a bit inwardly as well at stuff that i am good at on a day-to-day -day basis which was quite a nice thing to do because you get a quite a lot of crisis of confidence and imposter syndrome in agency life i think a mm -hmm. lot of the time so it was good to kind of look inwardly and go actually i'm really good at this <laughs> good well done I yeah. think you're really good at lots of things, Luke. Thank you. Um, and my week has been really busy. I'm going to tell you both about it. You've probably seen all my emails going around. Um, so the Optics annual event is back, which is really exciting. Mm. Um, hopefully some of our listeners have been to these events in the past. Um, we haven't run one for quite a while because of COVID. So I think we've had a three-year hiatus. Yeah, so I think the last one was it. February? Yeah, the last one was my first couple of months at Optics. So <laughs> Alistair landed me, joined the business, Becky, runner, 150 person event, um, which was baptism of fire, but learned so much. And it was really exciting on the day, kind of seeing it all come off. So yeah, it was really funny on the day as well. Like when we had the event, there were lots of murmurs about, ooh, there's something going around. It's a bit of a, you know, virus oh, or whatever it is. COVID, yeah. yeah. And then everyone in the room, because it was in person. It was yeah. like, it one was of the, the last, end of February 2020. Yeah. One so. of the last in person things that we did. And everyone was kind of like, mm. oh, yeah, no, it's no problem. We'll come out because no problems in the world and then it all sort of went yeah. pear-shaped after that so um, it was but 
hopefully no COVID at this year. Oh, no. So, I, it's going to be great. <laughs> um, so for anyone interested, it is on the 15th of March. Um, if you take a look at the Optics Solutions socials, um, we will share loads of links on there and speaker announcements, that kind of thing. Um, and tickets are available on Eventbrite if you wanted to search on Eventbrite. So that's under Digital Trends Seminar. Um, so uh, yeah, have a look on there. Lots of information um, and a special discount for podcast listeners on tickets. Um, so you can get 15% off tickets if you use the code PODVIP. So P-O-D-V-I-P. Um, so yeah. It feels slightly redundant when you spell the word VIP when it's PODVIP. <laughs> I was being extra clear. <laughs> Yep, no, it's all <laughs> I want people to come, Jack. <laughs> Is it all capitals? Yes, all capitals. P-O-D-V-I-P. Podvip. Yes, podvip. <laughs> okay. And on to the podcast. Quick quick question about the event. Oh, okay, go on. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm very excited about the speakers that we've got. Have we announced who those speakers are? Are we still sort of like drip feeding that? It's like a bit of sizzle down Well, I can give road. you a real exclusive. Yep, I'm all ears. Alistair Banks is one of the speakers. Whoa, hold the phone. <laughs> um, and then, um, yeah, the second keynote speaker, which uh, is announced, um, will be Crystal Carter, ex-Optics alum, well, Optics alumni, not ex-alumni, obviously. Ex-alumni would be someone that left and came back, yeah, right? Exactly. <laughs> um, she is an Optics alumni, ex-colleague of ours. Um, and she is going to be talking about AI, as is the big topic of the moment, and our first topic of the podcast today absolute perfection oh. wow. <laughs> practicing i did, did, did you up for that one <laughs> thank you um so yeah crystal now works for wix um and she'll be talking about how they're kind of thinking about ai within a big corporation like that um and how they are kind of considering how search engines may be affected by ai um and all exciting things like that so we used ai specifically chat gpt internally earlier so matt of podcast fame who was on some of the og podcasts just on his paternity um, break popped, at the moment <laughs> popped a message into the slack channel simply asking does anyone know how to write some html for a pop-up in google optimize that we can do so i keyed it into chat gpt got the code sent it over to him and he was able to implement it straight away just Amazing. changing some bits it even came with instructions of exactly where to pop that html <laughs> Wow. Into said code for Google Optimize. It's, yeah, it's an interesting piece of kit. Like if, if it's as simple as like almost like mathematical, it can do it. No problem. Because I've also asked it as in it, as in chat GPT to do HTML and it spits it out. Just nice. plug it in and it works perfectly. So yeah, I worry about the features for coders because uh, yeah it's definitely <laughs> something someone learns about and i can just plug it into a tool and it just yes but out. you can't check whether it's correct or not so i can when i copy and paste it in and it doesn't work well yeah but <laughs> so crystal was talking to me about this the other day when we were talking about her her talk talking about her talk <laughs> um for the event um because obviously she well some people may not know but crystal um is a technical seo whiz um, and she does things like write schema markup and things like that. So yeah, she has asked ChatGPT to write schema for her and some of it is like amazing, so accurate, but she said that, you know, if she had put that live, it, it doesn't, there's no indicator to say whether it's right or not right when you put schema on somewhere. Yeah. You're just waiting for Google results to appear at some point, aren't you? So um, yeah, she went through it and found multiple errors. And she said that, yeah, she thinks that people will start to be lazy with it, use it, not check it, put it up, and it will be wrong and you won't realise. Yeah, it's the exact same thing that Samantha was saying. We were talking about ChatGPT and schema. And she said that it's like some of the stuff it spits out is complete garbage and mm -hmm. absolute nonsense that you couldn't use. But again, it kind of goes back to use it as a tool, not as like, or maybe even a bit of a crutch, as opposed to like, defining your you know existence in a job purely by that on the complete and utter flip side of that though i've a friend who's been a web developer for the past 10 years and he's very worried because he says from his experience of using ChatGPT recently that it writes better code than him <laughs> and mm. he's reluctant to tell his boss that it writes better code than him so he's been using it when he's writing code to go to paste it into ChatGPT to have ChatGPT highlight errors in the code that might mm. cause issues, yeah, and then it spits out better code and 
let's just say in the past month he's got a 10 grand pay rise for some of the stuff he's been doing amazing oh my gosh i hope it's not at all obvious who it is from what you've said no um <laughs> um so i mean one of the articles uh so we've got one from TechCrunch here um which was basically like a summary of um some things that the ceo of OpenAI, sam altman has been saying um and one of the things that he said which i thought and we're always trying to look at analogies and stuff, aren't we here, to make things a bit more understandable for everyone. Um, and yeah, he said that chat GPT is to like essays and copy like what calculators were to maths. Mm. So when calculators first came in, maths academics and stuff were panicking about what's this going to mean for mass curriculum how people are going to cheat in all of their exams you know what does this mean for kind of economy and all of that kind of thing um and obviously we have now managed to like everyone uses calculators and it's fine but everyone does still understand maths and you know we have some exams which are calculator free and some which you can use calculator and all of that kind of thing so i think when you think about it in that way you can see how chat gpt as long as it evolves in kind of a safe and responsible way can complement what we're doing and help us to evolve copy and content and english language and all of that kind of thing yeah i think it comes back to something you were saying the other day that you still have to have a really good understanding of the the basics and the fundamentals because even you could give me a calculator and tell me how to work out whatever and if i don't know kind of like how to reach that sort of end point I I'm not really going to be able to do much apart from typing in various numbers and just exactly. seeing if I can hit the right thing. Yeah. And I think last week you and Lucy were saying that it's only as good as the instructions you give it. Yeah. Something I didn't bring up last week that I thought was quite interesting mm -hmm. is it actually I think chat GPT is like a really good way to sort of like practice and learn almost like giving instructions and delegation because yeah. the better you can write kind of like instructions into chat GPT, the better kind of results that you get. And kind of like from, I guess, like if you work in a team and you delegate tasks out, obviously, if you can better explain what it is that you're trying to do, um, then obviously you're going to get better results. So I think that it probably in a roundabout way is going to start to teach people how to be more succinct with their instructions as opposed to like, oh, I'd like you to think about and yeah, um, yeah, yeah. do this. And oh, can you also do that? Just much quicker and sort of to the point. Nice. I, I agree. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sam Altman also said, um, he said that uh, I think AGI, which is, I can't remember. Uh, Artificial General Intelligence. General Intelligence, yes, thank you, um, is what is expected. And GPT-4, so at the moment we're on GPT-3, um, GPT-4 is going to disappoint people with that presumption. So basically what he's saying is that they don't have an actual technology that's got emergent intelligence. It's all, you have to keep in mind that it's a complex model that solves problems and identifies patterns and learns from those and implements them. It's not a brain no it's also only as good as the data that's being it's being fed, fed yeah because it's also in chat gpt at the moment i think all the data is up till 2021 so it's slightly mostly, mostly it's yeah. got limited it's 2022. got a little bit of extra knowledge but yeah yeah because yeah we we had a situation where i think i think i can't remember who it was but someone was looking for something and basically everything that came out up was kind of outdated because they went and sort of explored it further and it was like, oh, actually, all of the information that it spat out was from, yeah, it all expired in 2020. So it was mm -hmm. completely useless. Yeah. But again, if you just were like, copy, paste, great, move on with my life, like you would look absolutely foolish. Mm -hmm. That being said, um, on the game site that I run, if yes. you go on there now and you notice that anything has been written by a person called Jackson, that person doesn't exist, that is entirely AI written articles. What's your game site again? Remind everyone. Respawning.co.uk. Thank you. Um, my friend has been using it to write verses and choruses for his music. When yes, that's in one of these articles. Uh, the one from Ad, Ad Age? Ad Age? Yeah. Ad Age. Ad Age. Ad Age, yeah. Um, so yeah, in Ad Age... Um, how tech innovations like AI and AR will change advertising in 2023. Um, they've said that they think that this year they'll see more innovations from AI, for example, in music, so what you just said, um, and also in 3D visualizations. Yeah, and it looks like they're building a software to do video as well. Yeah. 
Um, but it's interesting you brought music up because I was hoping that that would come up at some point because earlier today, while I had a spare five minutes, I asked ChatGPT to write me a Louis Theroux rap about PPC. Oh my gosh. And it did it. Are you, are you going to wrap it? Going to I'm, wrap it? I'm, I'm going to read it, but I'm not going to wrap it. <laughs> Please do wrap it. I'm not going can to you, wrap can it. Can you just do a little bit? <laughs> Jack, <laughs> start beat, beatboxing. No. Can you do it? I can't beatbox. I can't do it either. Louis what? Theroux in the house. Got to talk about PPC. Yeah, that's what it's all about. Pay-per-click, it's the way to go to get your ads in front of a whole new flow. With Google Ads and Bing, we're all set to reach a target audience and increase our net. With keywords and targeting, we're in control to drive more traffic and boost our goal. There's a couple more verses, but... Right, like click spam and now, bots. <laughs> I want to put a little challenge out there. If we sell out our tickets for our event, if we are sold out, will you two do the rap on the stage 100%, for the live podcast? One hundred percent. I'm down for that. Yeah, I'll, I'm. I'll I'm afraid it. Jack's just signed you up there, Luke. Um, He's agreed. It did give me a note at the end saying, "No, this is a fictional rap, not actually written by Louis Theroux." <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for clarifying. <laughs> no, but. Everything else is AI, but that one thing was an email sent out to Luke. <laughs> the end was quite positive of it, to be fair, because it said, so let's raise a glass to PPC. It's the future of advertising, can't you see? Louis Theroux signing off with a smile, because in the world of PPC, we're all worthwhile. Beautiful. <laughs> so good. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I like this. <laughs> the thing is, though, that James would love to put together some music for us to rap over. So it'd yeah. be a huge... Editor James, as you're listening put together the beat for Luke to do that on the stage when we sell out the event please done deal I will come on in my full in full Michael Scott rap gear I don't know who that is from the US office I don't watch that what oh god the list of things to watch is getting longer <laughs> I don't have this kind of time it's one of the greatest TV shows of no, all time stop it's better it. than the UK office stop it stop it stop it AI okay yeah, so um, <laughs> uh, one of the other things in the ad, ad age article um, was around what is surprisingly becoming like well who is um, surprisingly becoming just one of the best marketers of our generation it's so weird Ryan Reynolds right yeah so with all of his businesses that he's got, like his, um, what is the gin? Oh, aviation. Aviation gin. Oh. That's not, that's Spoken not like the, a true. I, I get confused between that one and the David Beckham Hague Club whiskey, whiskey or whatever that is. But um, yeah, so aviation gin. And then, so Blake Lively, his wife, she's got Betty Buzz, which is like um, non-alcoholic like mixers, like fancy mixers so that you don't have to mix with lemonade. You can like, it's like tonics, but not disgusting sure. um fancy stuff and then obviously he's got wrexham football club hasn't he and then he's got yeah mint mobile which is his challenger mobile brand um and yeah he this week published an ad which was entirely written by gpt3 and then the other side of the ad was his commentary on how is this doing this so well? Like, why is it so accurate? I don't understand. Like, did, I didn't see the ad. I did hear about the ad though. Is he? Did he ask it to write it in the style of Ryan Reynolds? I don't know. I haven't watched it either. Okay, sorry. This is terrible. We really should have done that small piece of research. Um, I think it's but, only like thirty seconds as well. That's how busy yeah. January's been. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, in classic Ryan Reynolds style, he turned something which is on everyone's kind of talking topics at the moment into like a really clever joke for his business. And that's just what he does all the time. Yeah. Honestly, if Mint Mobile was over here, yeah. I'd be on it Everyone tomorrow. would have it. Of course they would. <laughs> yeah. I love Ryan Reynolds so I think, much. yeah, there's something about personal brand and Ryan Reynolds where almost like he just can do no wrong. He, he is in some of the worst films I've ever Ryan seen. Ryan Reynolds has been my dream man since I was about 15. Right. And he just gets better with age. That's half my life. He's been my dream man for half my life. Does I, he um, know this? Ryan, if you're out there, if you're listening. Yeah, Ryan Reynolds, if you're listening, <laughs> I'm solutions. not better than Blake Lively. <laughs> <laughs> I, I watched, I'm not, I've got no interest in football and I watched Welcome to Wrexham. Oh, did you? Because of, of, cause of Ryan Reynolds and Rob Michael, well, partly because of Rob Michael Henney, because mm. I love It's Always Sunny. Well, they reckon that Ryan Reynolds is going to go into Always Sunny as Rob's boyfriend. That would be amazing. <laughs> mm. It's probably one of the other greatest shows of all time. I haven't seen that either. Um, but no, that's one of those ones that also like just. If keeps Ryan going. Reynolds went in it though, I would start watching it. Yeah, I would. you'd have to go back and watch all of it. That's fine to understand. He's, he's been, he was brilliant on Welcome to Wrexham as well because they started off with 
a bit of a narrative of Rob McElhenney wanted to buy a football team. He's like, but I've only got, he's like, I've only got TV show money. I need someone with Marvel money. And then it cuts <laughs> to Ryan Reynolds going, I don't want to buy a football team. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, funny. Um, so yeah, people are picking up on it basically. So um, Martini recently used AI to create some visual assets for a campaign. Um, we went to an event recently where they were using AI only images um, in all of their campaigns for their clients, which was interesting. So it's another agency, not going to name them. Don't want to give out free advertising. Um, so yeah. Um, it's Yeah, it's being used everywhere and kind of like, yeah, some stuff we were talking about last year, the metaverse and things like this is much easier to get on board with because you literally can just log in and start typing some stuff and see the results. And it's quite tangible. Definitely. Uh, so this is very much and it's being adopted so quickly because people get it and I, people can see and people like on a day to day basis are kind of being like, oh, I could use it like this. I could use it for this. And it's kind of a case of work smarter not harder and yeah, people are trying so, to find ways to do that. Yeah. Sam, Sam Altman, the CEO, he said the genie's out of the bottle you can't put it back in you're going to have to get on board um which is quite interesting i think um but in another TechCrunch article um they reported that so getty images so obviously a massive database of images and yeah. kind of um marketplace for images um they have banned ai generated content on their platform oh that's in amongst the whole um the argument that it's basically art theft yeah, so they think that it? there's a potential legal blowback for them. So, because they can't guarantee the source of the AI driven yeah. image, um, yeah, they've banned it. So, yeah, there are people being cautious of it as well, I suppose. Um, but yeah, we're going to have to get on board somehow. So, yeah, I think around that whole sort of theft element, is this something that we've talked about on a different podcast that I might not have talked, listened to? Have we not talked about that yet? like plagiarism yeah has that come up uh it might have done i don't know (laughs) i think it comes up very briefly for every ai kind of driven a week's happened since then sure left my brain talk about it again let's talk about theft Theft and (laughs) and ai i think i think one of the problems is that all of these sort of algorithms are just going out and taking stuff with no real regard of like where it's coming from it's Mm -hmm. like it's on the internet it's available so i don't really care and it's not infinite either so currently OpenAI has got like a set of data that is fixed. Mm. I think one of the ways potentially around it is obviously if artists were had their work and just sort of said like you can have access to this like you know wealth of work for X amount of money and then it's kind of like a bit more legitimate. Mm. Like, I don't obviously like that's a great idea that is so far away from actually becoming a reality. Uh, but it is definitely one way. You know, if it was like what deviant art said you know if you want to sign up to our platform or whatever you know mm. you'll also have to understand that we're giving all of this art to other AI yeah so i suppose so um they're one of the articles that we read we read so many articles on ai i'm really sorry everyone's <laughs> probably confusing so we keep jumping around between them um <laughs> they'll, they'll, they'll all be, be in the, the description, description. <laughs> <laughs> um so um yeah they're where where more money is going into OpenAI, particularly from Microsoft, um, the ambition is to make the foundations of the platform um, available as commercial platforms so that anyone and any industry can kind of take the foundation and build from it. So you can see where things like that, where artists kind of sell the rights to their things, pieces creations i know i'm not an artist can you tell um (laughs) no that doesn't come across don't worry (laughs) so um yeah where you sell the rights or you know if you sold your rights to an article that you wrote or you know whatever um that could then become part of the foundations which are then buildable or scrapable or whatever yeah i i've been i love it i love all of it i love everything about it and i'm so happy this week i'm just so happy (laughs) the ai is coming for it's not creatives first <laughs> not me <laughs> we'll yeah, you're, you're safe for another week don't um, worry. yeah it's come after all the content writers and the creatives in a in a bit of a heel turn yeah instead of the paid media execs it's like I, I do think that it's kind of like yeah we're not quite there yet though we're almost there but there's still you but know. then in chat gpt3 has only been out two months yeah 
Exactly. So like, like imagine what it looks like in a year yeah. and five years. But then Microsoft have signed a multi-year, multi-billion dollar deal. They've not quite disclosed how much they're going to actually invest in it. But a multi-billion dollar deal on ChatGPT. And they reckon that it's going to give them at the end of it a 49% stake. Yeah. So quite high. So basically almost becomes like Microsoft takeover from Google at that point if this goes the way that people predict it to go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well... But then it's not a great look for Microsoft because at the same time, in order to do that, they've sacked off 10,000 people and their jobs and to save a bunch of like salary expenses so that they could plug this money into the AI. Yeah, There's agencies in London sacking execs because they think that the AI, like ChatGPT writes better content than their mm. people. It's just... But it's so short-sighted, isn't it? Yeah. Because, you know, in the, in the example of the execs and interns, the more junior people... Like obviously they need those skills so that they can become the more senior people. And if you start sacking people when they're at the start of their career, mm-hmm. you're sort of like leaving this, I guess, gap in your workforce where in five years time when you need people to be able to, you know, type something into chat GPT, there's no one to do it mm-hmm. because well, yeah, that, nobody knows what it is that they're actually yeah, supposed to. The Ad Age article talks about that. Yeah. So it's in it, it's got quotes from lots of different agency owners and kind of heads of department and stuff. Um, and yeah, they said that it shouldn't be looked at as something that's going to replace people. It's going to allow people to be more efficient and service more clients because lots of the work that would take them ages, they can learn to ask the right questions of ChatGPT and get the answers or get copy or get the drafts done and all of that kind of thing. So it should allow you to increase your capacity rather than decrease your workforce. Yeah, ultimately streamlining processes, hopefully. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there are going to be loads of people out there that are using it in the wrong way. There are always going to be bad actors, but you know, we would hope that people are going to be using it as a force for good. It's quite a scary thing with with it as well. Of like, if it can, if it started to create images and it can create like content and scripts and stuff like that, and then eventually he's going to start scraping video to create video content. Luca doesn't have its own brain. Don't say it how long until it creates like a movie with dead actors it's not going to or a production (laughs) studio uses it to create a movie with like audrey hepburn in it well that's already happened hasn't it in the in that um oh the chocolate the chocolate advert so her family needed some cash sold the (laughs) rights yeah they they sold the rights to her face and then it got cgi'd into this advert and then audrey hepburn did the galaxy advert or wherever it was i do that's why i was wondering why her was to the the song of moon river sing that in your head and you'll see audrey hepburn yeah i wonder why her her Mm. name was the first one that popped into my head Mm. then that's why madness Mm. but so yeah the future the future is here yeah the future is here and hopefully becomes a bit brighter because we have more tech company layoffs. <laughs> um, so Great. Spotify are laying off 6% of their workforce because they had a pandemic-driven aggressive hiring drive, which they now no longer need because people are using the platform less now they're outside, which seems mm. completely alien to me because if anything, I'm using Spotify a lot more now that I'm going outside a lot more. Yeah. Especially um, when you've got podcasts like these to listen to. Exactly. <laughs> um, but it's just... Yeah, like them, Microsoft, people are just letting like letting staff go to a point mm. where a meme page I follow now is running um, tech company layoff bingo. Oh my gosh. And you can like buy a card and basically go and tick off which tech company you think might be next. And if so you're right, you win some money. Who are some of the big hitters so far that have laid off loads of people? We've got Amazon, obviously Amazon, Spotify, Twitter, Twi- well. Microsoft, <laughs> Meta. Yeah, Meta. Yeah, basically every big tech Google, company at yeah. some point. They all that was all on social media this was, week, was wasn't it? Was it Salesforce as well? Yeah, so yeah. we've talked about Salesforce before. All the Google ones this week were terrible on really? social yeah. media. Yeah, well, it you was see just them? people yeah. getting. It wasn't even it was people an email? getting emails saying sorry, bye. Thanks for your fifteen years of mm. service. Mm. You it was and it was also people finding out because they couldn't log into their systems. Mm-hmm. So it's like going and typing in your password and then mm-hmm. it's like, oh, I can't get in. What's wrong? Oh, I've lost my job. Yeah. Great. That's what a lot of these tech company um like layoffs have been like though, because they've just been going into work on a Monday mm-hmm. and 
having an email going, oh, sorry, you don't work here anymore. And like people from these companies are sharing it with that meme page, digital chat advertising, and like sharing their layoff emails. should get paid by them, Luke. They should get paid by them. But sharing their layoff emails and also giving like pre-warnings of X, Y, Z company is going to be laying off people today. Wow. And like finding out the morning of and things like that. And also mm-hmm. people finding out that they're losing their job. Um, like from a meme page. <laughs> yeah, it's horrible. It's terrible. Um, in the article about the Microsoft layoffs, um, so they've got kind of various reasons why they think this happened. And it's about 5% of global Microsoft teams, which obviously is quite big when you think how big Microsoft is. Well, yeah, it's like a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is. Um, and within that, it's um it's not like across the board it's within specific teams so um where we've just been talking about ai um there's lots of kind of rumblings about because ai is evolving so quickly it might just overtake the metaverse thing and then the metaverse thing might never actually get there um so within microsoft it appears that they are kind of listening to that because so they're um, it's Alt Space VR was the company that they acquired to try and build their metaverse offering, um, and they've closed down the entire company as of March this year. Was Alt Space VR the ones who were doing the Hololens, or is Hololens no separate? Separate. Okay. separate. Um, so then, yeah, the Hololens team is the other one that they've laid off, um, which is like a reality headset. So obviously, because it's Microsoft, it was drawn from kind of pc and gaming um but also they looked at how they could try and develop the hololens um for military yeah that was a big push that so was a big part of their strategy wasn't it, it was like how do we use this oh yeah the military in military use helmets yeah so that they could like send messages to each other on the little visor in front <laughs> of their face or like use look filters at, and things yeah or look <laughs> at like their like a map or yeah all of their vitals and yeah you like, can kind of like see mm. the actual usage for it and be like oh yeah i get it but I think yeah. a big part of why it didn't work was it was making the people in the military who were using and testing it feel really unwell. Oh, was it? Yeah, and so they were they were taking it, they were using it on you know test missions, whatever, and they were just like, oh, it's just making me so unwell that they yeah couldn't use it. And so oh, wow. it was should we like as as like you know the military they were like should we invest all this money in this tech that is making our soldiers unwell or should we just yeah not go for this contract Mm. and that seems to be the way that it's gone and so yeah microsoft's been funneling all this money into developing something like this that is just something that isn't ready to be adopted basically well not by the military anyway (laughs) yeah interesting um luke do you want to chat about the apple alternative the reality pro headset Mm. um yeah, so the Reality Pro headset is coming out from Apple. Um, I, is that actually what it's called? Like, is it the Reality Pro? I don't know if that's um, like it's. I, th- I think that's like what insiders like seem to think. It's well, maybe, be. yeah, maybe they haven't announced it yet. I mean, it's not coming out soon. It sounds like a like the sort of nonsense that Apple comes yeah. out with normally. What Reality Pro? Reality Pro. Okay. Watch. And all that sort of. Or it'll be like that he's an Android boy. It'll be like the <laughs> Apple Eye <laughs> headset or something the stupid eye like that. Headset. Yeah. The Eye Eyes. Well, like the iPhone and the iMac and the Eye headset. You don't like the, the eye eye eyes. eyes? Nah, Apple can get in the bin. <laughs> um, but essentially, sorry, Tim Cook. I know you wanted to be on the podcast, but <laughs> um, they're doing a headset that will switch between like AR and VR. Um, whilst also serving as a Mac display. And I think that's like that. the weirdest one. Like, pop on this headset so you can use your Mac. Well, yeah, so yeah. basically what they reckon is that, so you're going to have a headset on like you do, you know, the ones that are attached to, like, Playstations and stuff, like yeah. the Oculus and whatever. That's yeah. PlayStation, isn't it? Close. Close. Oh, it's Meta. Whatever. The PlayStation one's called the PlayStation VR. Okay, fine. Whatever. That's the, okay. I've, I've been there. on my cousin's one. I haven't even been on one. Um, so he's 14 and he put me on a roller coaster and I felt like I was going to die. Okay. Um, so <laughs> I'm not on board. But anyway. Um, not anymore. It <laughs> um, so yeah, it looks like one of those where it's like big goggles. Um, and yeah, what they're saying that it can do, I just think is so weird. Like I think this would give me a headache and make me feel sick um, in line with what the military are saying. Um, so, um, yeah, what you'll be able to like FaceTime people and their face and body will render in front of you and then you can like swipe something and then your Mac display will appear and you'll be able to access like mail messages, photos, Safari. So weird. Do you remember when 
like the general consensus was don't get too close to your computer screens. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like this is yeah. way too far in well, the yeah, wrong when direction. We were kids. <laughs> Do you remember when t- is... like TVs had like static coming out the front yeah. of them and your mum would go, your eyes will go square if you go too close to the TV. Yeah. So now I'm going to wear my TV on my face. Yeah. <laughs> this is real <laughs> counterculture, isn't it? So, yeah, my parents told me I couldn't get close to the TV. Well, now I'm going to put it on my face. <laughs> so, Do you think all of the Gen Zs listening are going to think we're really old? It's <laughs> like, yeah, I think probably. When yeah. we're talking about all the static Gen Z, coming off the front of TV. <laughs> we're millennials, all right? Yeah. Um, but it's just, I don't know. To, to quote Jurassic Park, they spend a lot of time wondering if they could, but not enough time wondering if they should. Do you want to know something terrible? I've not seen Jurassic Park. <laughs> Please don't tell me that's what you were about to say. <laughs> I haven't seen Jurassic Park. Have you at least read Jurassic Park? Is it a book? Yeah. No? Michael Crichton? Crichton. Michael Crichton. Didn't even know it was a book. Um, I've seen I've seen the like recent ones with Chris Pratt in, but I've not seen the original oh, one. Dios mio. Wow. Okay. Should we move yeah, on? Yeah, that's not a good example of what Jurassic Park is about. Look, I'm bringing balance to this podcast. Okay? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, you've tipped the scales. I've probably. got a Jurassic Park tattoo. Have you? Yeah, I've got the. Will you show me later? For this audio visual. To be clear, audio. everyone, it's on his arm. It's on my arm. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> I haven't got like a Luke picture of a dinosaur started. on my butt. Yeah, we're, not, we're not stripping. <laughs> it's fine. That's not what we do here. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, so, I mean, I won't be buying one of these um one of these headsets but I mean, I, I can see how it's exciting developments and all of that kind of thing. So... Yeah. Yeah. Apple. Yeah. Are you upset that it's Apple? Would you prefer if it was an Android headset? I don't like VR headsets. Now that's interesting because you're a gamer. Yeah. I don't. I don't like them. I've tried it once. I think I mentioned the candle story to you once. I think I might mention it on the Owl podcast, but I got sent oh, I from. I, I got sent uh, from Capcom when Resident Evil Seven came out. A VR headset and a candle that oh, smells yeah, that like, like the Baker bodies. House. What? And yeah. it basically smelled like corpses. Oh, gross. Oh. Um, I meant you did tell us this. And horrible. I was sat there playing in the VR with, with the scent of corpse going up my nose. Great. Um, it was quite immersive, but I, <laughs> I felt very sick. I've, I've literally, I've never tried VR still to this day. I'm looking forward to trying it one day. Have you, did you not hear about what happened in our boardroom? So, um, this was actually before my time at Optics, so this must have been right in the beginning of VR. Um, but yeah, someone had a VR headset, brought it in to show it off. Everyone was in the boardroom, plugged it into the TV, and one of our staff who doesn't work here anymore um, was uh, going towards someone on the VR, and um, it was like a like a Star Wars game or something, and put his arm out and whacked the TV and broke the TV. What? Oh no. I'll tell you after who it was. Okay, okay. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yes. It's so, yeah, we, we love VR here. Great stuff. If anyone does love VR and has a VR headset or uses it all the time or, you know, that kind of thing, let us know. Yeah, send it please. to us. We'll try I'd love to hear. No, don't <laughs> send us your VR headset. Send us your thoughts about your VR headset. Do you think you could use it to, like, for advertising? Because they've not really introduced anything for advertising yet so like oh well yeah definitely they definitely will like you could go and i don't know get up close and personal to the m M&M spokes candies for example <laughs> why do you bring that up Luke? <laughs> oh god oh, every god, time that you was do so this, labored it's getting like so cringe <laughs> 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 i'm sorry everyone i'm really sorry um this is our last article before we talk about something really exciting just yeah. to whet everyone's appetite. Um, so, around. yeah, the, the the little fun article. Go on, Luke. You, you did the, the link. You say it. M&Ms are getting rid of the spokes candies for a while and essentially making Maya Rudolph, Maya yes, Rudolph? Yes, Maya Rudolph. The spokesperson yeah. instead. And so they released like me, a whole public statement. Maya, if someone said, who's Maya Rudolph, Rudolph, I would say, oh, you know, the woman out of Bridesmaids. Right. Do you two have a different reference for her? I she's one of those people that I've seen in things, but I wouldn't be able to sort of be like, oh look, that's Maya Rudolph. Right. So but she's like, a comedy actress. Yeah, I recognise her. I, I know. think she was in The Good Place. She's big in America. She's in Bridesmaids. She is Absolutely in Bridesmaids. Absolutely hilarious. Yeah. She's the one getting married in Bridesmaids. So that 
Oh, yeah. And she was in Licorice Pizza, which is really good. <laughs> I don't know what that is. So basically, they're getting rid of all of their nice, colourful characters. Yes. And putting Maya Rudolph Yeah, in. and the Shit. reason for this is because... So I don't know how many Eminem adverts you can remember, but obviously the characters in it... So like the red Eminem's typically a bit grumpy and like a bit of a bully, isn't he? And then like the green Eminem is like the flirty, like she's got eyelashes and she's like a bit sexy. So you're a big so, fan. You know these characters well. I've read the article, yes. Right. Um, so <laughs> I was a big fan of the sexy Eminem. <laughs> <laughs> Luke, <laughs> I, I don't want to delve into this any further. Um, so anyway, she had, yeah, she had big eyelashes and high heels and stuff. And at the time it was criticized for like sexualizing the character, basically. Um, and then basically um, they, over the last year or so, they've been trying to make the spokes candies more inclusive. So they have like replaced all of their shoes with trainers and stuff and tried to like make it more about their personalities rather than their looks and that kind of thing. And like they're all going through um, like personal growth. So like the red Eminem is not a bully anymore. He's starting to learn to be kind to the people that are in his life. And you know, it's quite deep. Um, but anyway, this is what we need. From yeah. M&Ms. Well, <laughs> what I want um, for my chocolate. Pe- people then complained when all of the trainers went in, yeah. especially about the green M&M and said that um, they were stripping her of her right to be sexual. People um, need to touch grass. Uh, well, yes, I do think I don't know which side of it I sit on, but all of the opinions out there, you can't please everyone, can you? And I just think it is so difficult for companies to work out, like, how do we but win? How do we get this right? They're, so, they're aware it's it's a fictional piece of chocolate, right? Yeah, I know. They're not stripping the fictional piece of chocolate's <laughs> human rights I know. away. Well, do you remember the one, like, I think it was a couple of years ago, maybe like two or three years ago, where the yellow M&M walks in, or one of, it was the, it was the red the yellow and the green and one of them walks in on the other two and then thinks they're cheating on them and then there's like a big thing where it's all about like a marital affair and then actually it's that they were gonna sneak eat the m&ms without the other one. Oh, i think i remember that but yeah uh, they've they've really pushed the m&m character thing but anyway how they've been around for a while as well i remember M&Ms. Yeah, they were well, yeah M&M that, characters. That and the characters um well yeah because i remember when i was a kid the red the red one tried to eat the yellow one and it yeah. really yeah. upset me so they've kind of like been around long i mean everyone kind of wants like, to eat the yellow m&ms at best well yeah ones. they are pretty good I don't think there's a difference no, between the any ones. of the colour M&M's. The yellow ones are the peanut M&M's. The green ones what? are the crispy shell M&M's, like the pretzel M&M's. No. The yeah. red ones are normal M&M's. No, all packets of M&M's have all colours in and they're just different depending on what type you no, buy. No, that's the reason the yellow one is a different shape is because it represents the peanut M&M's. No, when you buy a packet of normal M&M's, they are all different colours. Yeah, but the, pe- the yellow M&M was a different shape and he looked like a peanut because he was the peanut M&M. But in a classic packet of M&M's, is there not a yellow well. one? Yes, you do get yellow ones. Is there a yellow ones. normal one? But also in, in the... It's not that shape. But the yellow character, the yellow spokes candy is the peanut one. Is that yes. what we're yes. saying? Yes. Right. Okay. Yes, I can get on board. And the green one was the crispy one. Oh, really? The, so the girl, the fluttery eyelashes one was the crispy M&M? I believe so. Yeah. How odd. Okay. Well, anyway... There you go. Bit yeah, of we, what are they going to do with like M and M's world? Because they've built entire stores around. Oh, the they'll still candies. be in there. No, they'll be Maya Rudolph. <laughs> they'll, what, they'll, they'll just stick her face yeah. on the front of all of them. They'll clone Maya Rudolph and have AI operate her. I mean, so <laughs> I think one thing I would say, based on the conversations we had in the office today about this, um, it says so the the um, kind of press release thing the statement from M&M's, they've said that spokes, pan- spokes candies are on an indefinite pause. So, I mean, I think this is a publicity stunt. It's 100% a publicity did they, stunt. Did they mention the Super Bowl in the article? No. Cause, so the Super Bowl is happening. February. Yeah. We brought it up last podcast. I can't remember off the top of my head the dates, but it's like literally <laughs> around the corner. So they've got... Big announcement, sort of dropping the fact that they're going to be, you know, bringing this new person, Maya Rudolph, on board to be doing the ad. And then, like, that is, like, the number one advertising spot in 
the world. Oh, so the advert's going to air for the first time at the Super Bowl. And yeah. so they're already sort of oh. like starting those conversations, like the one that we're it having is, now. It's all marketing. It is. So basically, we're helping them talking about this exactly. Maya Rudolph Because now everyone's story. talking about it and everyone's going, oh, well, well, did you think the green M&M was sexy? Exactly. And everyone's going to listen to this podcast and take this conversation forward again. Everyone's going to listen to this. You're yep. right. It's the way that, because a lot of advertising around the Super Bowl starts weeks before the Super Bowl. Mm. Like you get teaser trailers event, for a Super Bowl ad. Mm. Like yeah. So it's like it's a two like, second clip for a 15 second clip. Yeah. And it's like <laughs> Tide Pods. Oh yeah. They'll yes. release a teaser trailer to yeah. their ad. That's the Super Bowl ad. That's and still I mean, one of the best ads I've ever seen. The number of ads in America, like on American TV, is insane. Yeah, it is. So point. yeah, I imagine it's, what, the, the most money... expensive advertising slot in the world what super bowl any super bowl advertising just that mm. that sort of airtime yeah yeah i bet so, so yeah they're getting I ahead of it. it yeah on the plus side we'll probably get a guardians of the galaxy trailer that'll be good because we always get a marvel trailer um now i haven't watched any guardians of the galaxy since the green one died what was she so called the last one what the green m&m <laughs> <laughs> what was she called gamora yes i loved her I yeah. wanted Gamora and Chris Pratt to be together forever. So she, uh, she's back. Spoilers. <laughs> so she didn't die. Well, she kind, she kind of died. Endgame spoilers here for anyone who's I've not watched. I've seen Endgame. Yeah, oh, yeah well, well, she comes know. back at the end of that. Does she? Yeah. yeah, they go back in the past and get a different, slightly different Gamora. And, she and then this last away. one's basically about them falling back in love again. And then the, yeah. Oh yay! And then they're going to have a, a totally new Guardians of the Galaxy team after this film mostly oh because Batista doesn't want to do it anymore so exciting I reckon I reckon he won't die it'll be someone else yeah <laughs> okay they'll probably make them two fall in love and then kill off Star-Lord oh wow. no that's okay. my prediction well thanks that's given me a bit of something to look forward to there you go yeah. having not watched anything in the whole world I do watch Marvel I do enjoy Marvel so <sighs> it's like an event now though isn't there it there we go we I can still all talk about it Wakanda forever that Jack's was... looking at me disgusted <laughs> <laughs> Can you so, discuss this later? Yeah, we will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll pick this up on another podcast. <laughs> on the one that we keep teasing, the TV and film podcast. Yeah. Okay. Um. So, Jack, do you want to do it? Reveal the exciting news. The exciting news is we got an email, which <laughs> completely like, yeah, we were very excited about this in the office. I was going through our podcast at opticsolutions.co.uk email address if you want to get in touch with us please do we check it regularly um occasionally i check it and we have a lot of spam that comes through about telling us how to do seo better etc mm -hmm. we've got that covered thank you <laughs> <laughs> um but we did have uh, an email uh, and it was an email from claire with a with some really nice feedback which i'm going to read out um and also with a digital dilemma which um we'd love to give our thoughts uh about and hopefully help you Claire. So first of all, thank you very much for your question. Um, and anyone else out there with questions, please do send them in. We will read them out and we will get <laughs> back to you. Uh, so with that being said, uh, do I read feedback? Feedback? Yeah, read it. All right, we're gonna yeah. read the feedback. Big so, us up, go for it. Yeah. Hello podcast team. First of all, I wanted to say that I really enjoy your podcast. Thank you. Thanks Claire. Thanks Claire. Digital marketing is not my background and it's not an area I have specific skills or knowledge in. I find your podcast really interesting and informative, yet also informal and easy to follow, apart from the metaverse stuff. Me too, Claire. I don't get the metaverse stuff either. No one does. That's why we, <laughs> that's why we spend four hours talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> but look forward to more conversations about AI and chat GPT. Yeah. <laughs> that's not in Claire's email. That's no, just Jack's not. opinion. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so onto my digital dilemma potentially controversial so trigger warning <laughs> uh she didn't say that either sorry <laughs> <laughs> uh it is expected of our business to create a newsletter however i have resisted for some time i'm the type of person who often deletes a newsletter without even opening it apologies as a small business it would take up some time and money to do one yet i feel these resources could be directed elsewhere to better effect in a time when we are constantly bombarded with emails we never have time to read, is the newsletter an effective marketing tool for a small business or are there better digital marketing routes to take? I'd be really interested in your thoughts. So here are our thoughts. Do you want to condense that into a, <laughs> into a question? So basically, 
is email worth the time worth and effort? Time. Yeah. Specifically, I guess, a newsletter. For a small business, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think I would say um, if you have something to share then yes but having a newsletter for the sake of having a newsletter and then it going out too often or the information being really samey that's when people start to not read them and just delete them without even opening them um and i think it's definitely about kind of um yeah the cadence in which they're sent so how often get that sweet spot um and then the subject lines being kind of enticing enough to yeah. open the email um you can a b test subject lines on lots of email platforms um so i think if claire was going to start doing some emails um and sending them out to a database um yeah to a b test subject lines would be a good tip i think yeah i i've i have been thinking about this probably more than i should have been doing this week um but there are lots of sort of like yes and no's around this where you could literally go back and forth almost all day. Um, I think a big part of it is personas. So who is your audience? Do you think they would be open to that kind of interaction? Um, I I get a lot of emails, as does everyone. Um, I don't read a lot of them because I'm not interested. There are others that I do get that I do read. So it kind of depends on what newsletters you're subscribed to and basically do is the content that's actually going into the email worth reading in the first place? Kind of what you were saying, Becky, if you're just doing it for the sake of it, then it's kind of like not, people can kind of read into that. You need to base it off your objectives as well. Like if your business is based around, and this is talking more general, sorry, Claire. Um, but if your business is based more around, like you get one purchase opportunity from them and you don't need it, you don't need them to come back to you, then no, there's no point doing email marketing out to an email list of people that have already purchased from you. Mm -hmm. However, if you want repeat business, so for example, my protein are really good at this with me, where they'll sell me like a kilogram of protein, which is 30 servings in 30 days, they'll email me again going, you need not, you need some more protein. Here is our mm -hmm. newsletter on all these new proteins we've got. Definitely. And it's like, oh yeah, I do need more protein. So I'll spend, 60 quid on protein yeah. again from them i think if you if you are kind of low on time resource money that kind of thing um i think targeted emails would be much more effective than a regular newsletter where you're struggling to kind of find things to put in it so for example you know we do a lot about um database segmentation don't we so working out you know within your database even as simple as people who have signed up to your newsletter versus people who have actually bought for you from you mm. um, and then you can send out targeted emails to each group separately advertising a particular product or a discount or you know if you're I'm trying to think of obviously we know Claire's business but we're keeping her partially anonymous um, <laughs> but what what Claire's business sells could be a gift it could be something that you would buy yourself over and over again. Maybe something you would buy on a monthly basis but then that might be slightly worrying. <laughs> <laughs> um so, yeah, I definitely think there would be an opportunity to retain customers in that way. Um, and when we look at um, the marketing mix with the race matrix, so um, if you haven't looked, uh, if you haven't seen that before, Claire, have a look. Um, so the it's race... Smart Insights. Smart Insights, yeah. So the race matrix is reach, acquire, convert and engage. Um, so email marketing is a little bit in the convert side, a little bit, but mostly in the engage part. Yeah. Um, so basically, it's all about retention of customers and bringing people back round for repeat purchasing. Um, so I think, you know, if you get a database which is really kind of rich in quality and it is people who are engaged in your brand, they've bought from you before, that kind of thing, then, yeah, emails should, should be a good um, purchase stream for you, really. I think speaking directly towards claire as a mm -hmm. my sort of answer towards her question is yeah that targeted email from the product specifically that you're selling is going to be more useful than a newsletter i think that having those kind of things to introduce new products that you're offering or even updates or just different products that said person may not have tried before mm -hmm. would be beneficial more than company information about you um there will there will be a small amount of people that will want mm -hmm. that newsletter but you can also potentially add 
like a page to your website that has a totally separate mailing list that you start to build Absolutely. about people who want to know more about you as a company, invest in you as a company, mm-hmm. rather than just kind of like buy your product. Yeah. This sort and of one time. with this product in particular, um, which I don't know if this is going to be annoying for everyone else that they don't know what it is that we're talking about. Um, it's a consumer product. I, I guess is probably the easiest. E- email in with your guesses for what yeah. it is. <laughs> for what it is. Um, but yeah, you, twinning um, an email, a targeted email campaign with a really tight social presence, I think would be the best way to get the kind of community building around this product and get the loyalty going for the brand. I think something as well to say is with the aspect of investing time into things like this is trying to automate as much as you can as well. So you just build what you need to build and then feed in the data that you need to feed into it. And then it just sort of does it in the background for you. Exactly. Yeah. Sort out a really simple template and then you can just drop data into it and send it out. Or if you have a newsletter sign up box on the website, set up the automation for thanks for sending thanks for joining our newsletter this is what you'll expect to hear from us or you know and then they'll hear that on a monthly basis and you never have to click send and worst case scenario you could get chat gpt to write write an email for you (laughs) (laughs) that is true there was something that i so i spoke to samantha about this earlier in the week and she had a really good take on it that was kind of more around pitches Mm -hmm. where like when you go into the room if you don't put in the time to winning a pitch then you're never going to win one versus like if you just sort of like essentially half ass you know your presentation deck then you're definitely never going to win it Mm -hmm. so it's kind of like tate's just finding that balance between spending the right amount of time on something to guarantee that it's going to work for you versus Mm -hmm. not spending enough time then it's never going to work i think i would be really interested to know like something i would take into account when thinking do i do this or do i not within the database what is the split between customers and newsletter subscribers because if you are swinging more towards newsletter subscribers so that is people who have signed up because they want to hear more from you but they haven't purchased yet then yes absolutely that's your opportunity to pitch isn't it whereas if you swing towards customers that's a lot more about like brand be very wary that if you've had like a a drive of sign up to our newsletter for 15 percent off your product that the the line gets very blurred at that point Mm -hmm. because they've a lot of people have signed up to that newsletter because they want 15 percent of the product not necessarily because they're interested in the newsletter Mm -hmm. those kind of alluding to what jack said at the beginning those newsletters that i do get through are the ones that i instantly delete whereas the ones that i've signed up for without a deal or an incentive to sign up to it those are the ones that i will read every time they come through Mm -hmm. yeah and i i would say as well that you don't have to expect everyone to read every single email that you ever send, but oh, also no. you want to send kind of enough that there is kind of like a steady flow of people mm. opening. What what do you think a good open rate is for email these days? Um, it varies by industry, which makes it okay. difficult. So um, with Claire being e-commerce, I suppose. I think Luke might be searching for it on his laptop, so I might stall for time whilst he gets the. I'm going to make a guess at. 30%. Yeah, it tends to be, I think, somewhere between 25 to 30. Average open rate as compiled by for e-commerce by MailChimp is 15.68% with an average click-through rate of only 2%. Yeah. So there you and go. then if you I'm think of that, really click, that. So that click rate, that's from the email to the website. And if you think about mm-hmm. click rates, like clicks on the website and conversions and things like that, slowly that, that number is getting smaller and smaller and yeah. smaller. But ultimately, for me, email is such a thing that it comes down to quantity, not quali- uh, quality. <laughs> not quantity. Let's say that again. It's the quality of the lists that you have, not yes. the number of people that you have subscribed. So it's Agreed. much better to have 100 people who absolutely love what you've got to say versus yep. a thousand that literally delete it as it comes through. Yeah. Um, and in terms of your kind of email um domain health and that kind of thing if you're constantly sending emails that no one reads and just delete straight away and stuff you're much more likely to be caught in spam filters and things like that aren't you so yeah yeah, that comes back to it's the quality of the emails that you send as well so Um, so what's the short answer to this this question should should (sighs) should in this day and age basically should people do emails my answer is Yes. Yes. Um, but it in needs to be done. Way. Yeah, exactly. It needs mm. to be done yep. in a way that's right for your business. Yeah. So 
just yeah just going with i need to do a newsletter because everyone else is is not the way to do it no it's i need to do an email that's going to fit the needs of my customers Mm -hmm. and and basically yeah do it in a smart way that is going to work for the business and if you're time limited um but you want to reach people's inboxes then something like performance max is very good alternative to do because you'll reach people's gmail inboxes and google associated properties as an email um for your products whilst driving conversions that is a part of paid media so ppc um if anyone doesn't know about performance max yet yeah if you don't know about performance max yet then go back and listen to me (laughs) (laughs) 15 podcasts going on about it okay so i think that wraps us up Yeah. yeah thanks again for the question um and yeah, please do send through more questions because we will definitely read them out. Mm-hmm. Hopefully we'll get to a point where we have so many that we we'll have, have to, to pick, pick good ones. But yeah. that was a great one. So we that, yeah, that was a really good one. Thank always you, would have picked that. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you do send them in, um, let us know because I, as Becky mentioned, it might be really annoying for us to have scattered around what the product was this entire time for other people. Yes. So let us know if you're happy to share like your company name and where you're from Is that- or if you want us to keep it completely anonymous. Right. On the email. So that's not directly to Claire. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> that is anyone who emails in, yeah, put at the top, keep me anonymous or share my details. N- Abs- not absolutely. your email address, not, don't worry. Not directly at Claire. <laughs> it's just something that we've we've learned from and we've never mentioned before ever. But Claire, if you're out there, thank you for the question. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> that was actually directly at you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, brilliant. Um, so thanks for listening everyone Um, we will see you next week as usual um, and have a good one thanks a lot thank you thank you for listening to the podcast more than digital marketing is released every Friday ready for your weekend listening so please do rate and subscribe so you don't miss an episode you can follow us on Twitter using at Optic Solutions. And if you want to get in touch directly, you can do so using podcast at opticsolutions.co.uk. Thanks for listening and see you next week.